You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the Unpack podcast from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation. Follow us on Twitter at the Unpack Pod. Follow us on Instagram for no reason. Also at the Unpack Pod. I'm Zach Rapport in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have reached the bio week. We're shaking things up. We're a man down, and we got to keep on trucking. We got uh, Alex Patakis out in Brooklyn. How you doing? Doing well. What's up? How are you? Oh, I'm okay. It's been a long week at work. I'm happy to take a few minutes to talk some nonsense. <laughs> it's Tuesday as we record this. I hate to break <laughs> the news to you, buddy, but it's Tuesday. This is one of those like, uh, yeah, lemon, it's Wednesday moments. Yeah. Come on, dude. You yeah, work weekends now Wednesday. or something? What the hell's going on? It's been, it's been a rough stretch. The other voice you heard is Justice Mosqueda stepping up, stepping in. Say what's up to the people, Justice. How we doing? We're doing okay. In the hunt. Hashtag in the hunt. I saw, man. So <laughs> I was watching. Um, I, I watched maybe a cumulative six minutes of the game last night of the Monday Night Football game. We're recording this on a Tuesday peek behind the curtain. And um, it was instead of in the hunt, they had like the typical playoff graphic. But instead of in the hunt, they named the category sniffing around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's good. I, I, I never like heard that change up. I like the changeup. I like it. They didn't have the Packers on there though. No, nope. even though they should have been on there. Nope. They're a five win team. They Packers have the Lions on there. Sniffing Falcons, their own the butts. Panthers, the Saints. No Packers. No love. Well, no, the, the hashtag lost. fake news media. Wow, look at this. <laughs> People are saying twenty eight to nineteen. The uh, Packers. Beat the Bears in a game that was mostly entertaining, and we have finally, mercifully, uh, reached the bye week. Um, it's like the latest bye week in my entire life. But um, Justice, I'm I'm happy to have you on because um, you've been busy. I go to AcmePackingCompany.com, and above the fold, essentially all of the stories are yours. You've been writing up a storm, man. It's a bye week, so like we finally actually get a talk about this team in a way that isn't just like a bunch of transactions and injury reports and stuff like that and keeping my head above water with that stuff. So yeah, yeah I have some stuff coming up this week's uh, spoiler alert, the Friday show uh, intercepted. Um, we're going to be talking with Anna Wolf, who's been, you know, boots on the ground uh, in Mississippi covering the Brett Favre whole situation and that oh, whole scandal. So we're going to do that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Cause a bunch of people were like, you know, you saw all the stuff social media people saying like you know people aren't talking about the brett Favre scandal all that stuff when i think they compare it to like deshaun watson which like that's no that's pretty no. dumb else well, so there's plenty of room to talk about both things yeah. um but i figured you know hey the reason we weren't really covering it like that was because you know hey we were in season right and 
now that we got a little bit of time to breathe and you know some time to read over some of this stuff and actually ask some intelligent questions to the yeah. reporters on the ground, let's do it. Wow, same as Deshaun Watson. I, there's like there's a type of uh, person, a type of football fan specifically. I'm thinking of where it's like there's the, in their brain there's only two types of content. You're either talking ball or everything else is politics. Even if, you know, like the two things I mentioned, well, one of them does involve a governor, but it's not political. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no. Whatever. We don't have to go down that road. Um, it's yeah, also so you, people just don't like you saying bad things about their team. Yes. that's It's true. a lot of that. Like, it's, I don't know. I mean, we, we do wrap ourselves in, you know, all that, all the tribalism and stuff like that in sports. And yeah. Why we celebrate when a guy crosses a goal line and stuff. But <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be that serious. Just make me feel something resembling yeah. happiness. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you've been uh, pumping out that content, so we're excited to have you on and dive a little bit into um, some of that stuff. Now that is the bye week, as I just mentioned, um, going to break up the format a little bit. And um, I don't know, let's just get into it. The first thing I wanted to ask you was the bye week. Why is it so late? This feels inhumane. It feels like a solvable problem. Just as your I season, your opinion. Your season shouldn't <laughs> end before your bye week. It's ridiculous. And the Packers are very close to that happening. Like being mathematically eliminated. That's insane. Can't we just like double and triple up on these and like just have like a four week period in the in the middle of the season where we just get it over with? Yeah, but then like the NFL gets mad about the whole scheduling thing and then you have to push the combine and you have to push the Super Bowl and all that stuff. And then what do you do with college football? Because college football is already doing this thing. Like, I don't I this isn't something people are probably super aware of, but like college football just expanded the playoffs. Right. The only reason the NFL doesn't play games on Saturdays and competes directly with college football is because there's a law on the books that says you cannot play games during the regular season. So those college football playoff games are probably going to have to happen during weekdays. Yeah, they're going to be, you know, at Ohio State or whatever for that first round. It's going to be hosted at home locations before it goes to both sides. But like all this stuff is kind of like intertwined. So for whatever reason, the NFL doesn't want to expand the season more, which doesn't make sense to me. You would think it just gives you more inventory, right? You get more national games if you just stretch out the season another week or two, give them more buys. But the Packers, you know, requested – they didn't want a bye week after the London game, which now looks, I mean, hilarious, right? When your quarterback breaks his thumb on a Oops. Hail Mary attempt. Yeah. Yep. That wasn't a great call. And then, you know, coming into the season, we knew um, in terms of like the rest differentials, the Packers had the worst rest differential of anyone in the league, you know, in terms of how fresh they are going against how fresh their opponent is. Even, even coming off of this bye week, they're going to be playing the Los Angeles Rams we're coming off of a Thursday night football game, right? So it's not even like a full plus one week yeah. rest deferential in that situation. Yeah. So this year kind of is what it is. The other thing that kind of screwed them from a scheduling standpoint, a lot of the teams that were supposed to be like easy games for them, like look at the NFC East. They were supposed to get a lot of wins out of the NFC East. They were supposed to get a lot of wins out of the AFC East. Those two divisions are very good. They might get like, I mean, if, I mean, we're talking about probably like seven potential playoff teams just out of those two divisions that they're going to have to play that they already had to play. So, yeah, it's been a, a weird year for sure. And I think, you know, if they had another shot at it, they probably would have taken that buy in week four or five or whatever it was. Yeah. It just feels inhumane. I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was Rogers like- wasn't on McAfee this week either. If you, if you guys were wondering, so he was a, well, he didn't let McAfee know. He didn't let AJ Hawk know. So who knows where he's at? Oh, man. We're on Rogers watch officially starting now. It's just wandering around the desert. <laughs> Aya. With a broken rib <laughs> and a broken thumb. Just, yeah, oh, right. Man. Limping around the desert. Oh man, yeah, it's uh, it's brutal. Let's talk about stuff that that isn't <laughs> that isn't brutal though, um, because I want to try to keep it positive. Um, and how many I, times are you gonna keep saying that? Just, well, just you know, stop. just stop. When, what are you for? What? I I just I don't know, man. The people get to me. People say we're too negative. I start to think they're right. I start oh, to really? internalize it. I start to think it about We're five myself. and eight. It's okay. It's all right, guys. Yeah. Breathe. It's going to be okay. Well, what I was going to say, um, I wanted to transition to talk a little bit about Christian Watson, who um, a few of the listener, most of the listener note nugs that we got following this Bears game were about Christian Watson. I tweeted out during the game that it has really sucked watching this team, but Christian Watson has like been a candle in the darkness, just like something to cling to, to feel good about, uh, for the fe- for the future. And just as I saw you dropped an article, um, I believe making the case for Christian Watson to, uh, be in the running for rookie of the year, at least in consideration. Yeah. DraftKings right now, he's second behind Kenneth Walker, who just, you know, left the game, uh, last week with an ankle strain. So who knows, you know, he's the running back from Seattle who knows what that's going to end up looking like next week. Um, it's really a four man race right now. It's, you know, Kenneth Walker, Christian Watson and then, you know, wide receivers, you guys are probably really familiar uh, with because, you know, all our listeners were asking about him this past draft season. Garrett Wilson from the Jets and Chris Olave, of course, heard of him from the Saints. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so Olave and, and Wilson combined, they have as many receiving touchdowns as Christian Watson. They have 117 receptions. Watson has 25. Yeah. That- that's crazy. I mean, yeah. Watson's just a touchdown machine right now. Eight and four games. Um, who knows, you know, how, how uh, consistent that's going to be moving forward if you can get to a game. But, yep. I mean, you hear the quotes, you know, after the game, Roger said on that, uh, you know, that jet sweep to Christian Watson. He was asking Matt LaFleur on the sideline, like, should Christian Watson go down or should he score here? And you have guys, you know, raising their hands when he hits the the 40-yard line to signal a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, he's just so fast. That, too like, fast, yeah. If you get the right looks, he's just going to score. We've yeah. seen this over and over again. Yeah. You know, Rogers even brought up the fact that it has to impact, you know, what he thinks of a potential retirement stuff. He talked about how if he would have gone back to Cal, he would have played another year with Marshawn Lynch and he would have played with Deshaun Jackson. He said he didn't regret that, but I don't think comparing, you know, entering the draft when, you know, there was a unregulated rookie market basically for rookie contracts and him retiring now when he's I think it's what fifty nine point something million dollars that, that right. he's doing next year. A little bit of money. Um, I I don't think these are the same type of decisions. I I, I think at this point, Rogers is going to come back. He made the comment um, earlier in the week, you know, that it has to be kind of like a mutual decision of him coming back. But Goot met with the uh, the press for the first time on Monday during the regular season. Uh, it's a scheduled conversation he's supposed to have during the bye week. Um, he basically said the commitment that we made was not a one-year commitment, even though if you guys remember at the time, Aaron Rodgers had that tweet where he was very mad that like the contract terms came out and was like, yeah, I'll be back next year. Don't believe the contract terms. The contract terms were 
exactly what they were reported as. Yeah. Um, but, you know, LaFleur said the same thing, too. They asked him, they were like unequivocally, like, do you want him back? He's like, absolutely, 100%. So ball's in his court, and, you know, he's staring at $59 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah. The only guy I've seen turn down that type of money before is Andrew Luck. So I, Andrew Luck, an interesting case too. So I, I want to talk Rogers. I want to talk Goop, but really quickly uh, before we pivot away from Watson, I just, just to kind of put a point on it. It's just really, it's funny to think back to like, I mean, when, when was his first basically like long ball touchdown? It was four or five games ago. It's like, you think back yeah. to week five or six of the season, if you could go back in time and say, Christian Watson will be an offensive rookie of the year again, you'd be like, what the are you talking about? I think if he would have made that first catch, right, against right. the Vikings on right. the opening play, people would have been on board. But yeah, I mean, he had a lull up until, was it the Cowboys game? Where he, had, he caught all those touchdowns against man coverage. Cowboys just played him in, in man, and he was just catching stuff over the middle. I mean, it's nice to see, right? I mean... Now at least you can go into the offseason and say you probably don't need to do silly things like offer a first-round pick for DJ Moore or offer a second-round yeah. pick for Chase Claypool. You at least are on base with one of your wide receiver spots, maybe two depending on what you know Romeo Dobbs looks like when he comes back. So. Yeah, there was a whole like Dobbs era too. Like, <laughs> the, you know, era. the season, like when I think Four back glorious about the season weeks. <laughs> and, and just like in big picture terms, I'm like, and what we could, you know, derive any joy from. It was like there was a little era of Dobbs. Now there's this kind of like really chunky era of Watson. And then there was also like the Aaron Jones is like putting up historical yards per carry numbers era, um, which was pretty sweet. The rest of it, like, I'm not going to remember this shit in a couple of years. <laughs> like, no way. Um, I think the like beyond the numbers, like the, the idea that Rodgers... And again, I think the fifty-nine million is like way more of a deciding factor than than Watson is. But the fact that we're like could even entertain the idea of him being like, there's something there that I want to like, I want to pursue this further. So I'm going to come back like that. That's probably the greatest, you know, thing you could say about Watson at this point. And it's just weird, like, like what a pick, like what a pick, you know. Um, Maybe, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm trying to remember like the, the last time the Packers had a player this fast. It's like a hard thing to like to truly measure, like unless you go off of 40 times. But like the last time you watched like in game, a guy who were like, yeah, no one's catching. I guess Sam Shields is probably the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, But, you know, he wasn't playing in a position where you're getting the ball in his hands because he's defending like so pretty. The only refreshing. guy I could think of recently is like Tyler Irvin, but like he was so small. You yeah. knew exactly what he was going to do when he was on the field, right? That's totally different than Watson, who's can lead can lead block on some of these run plays to spring a touchdown and stuff like that. And you know, big body guy that can go downfield. You're not running any deep routes with Tyler Irvin, so it's almost not fair to even compare those guys. And am I like making this up? But like, I feel like there are times like where he is covered. He's also catching the ball like pretty well in those scenarios. You know, like I don't know, I. I don't I don't know that there's like a ton of there's just not a lot of question marks surrounding him right now, I guess, other than like volume, you know, it was always consistency, yeah. right? It was always consistency and kind of I thought one thing at North, North Dakota State when I watched the film was like he didn't realize how big he was 
Like he didn't he didn't maximize his length or his size in a way that he probably should have against FCS talent. And I think some of that is probably the fact that he was kind of uh, a late bloomer, right? And, you know, North Dakota State wasn't giving him a ton of actual reps, right? Like he, he wasn't even the leading wide receiver on that North Dakota State team his last year there. So it's just kind of not what they do. So it's nice to see him develop in season, build that confidence. Rodgers was talking about how him and Dobbs, you know, both of them would get pretty down on themselves. And he's like, dude, a switch just flipped completely for this guy. Like after the Dallas game, like he's a different dude now. We can feed him. And if that's what it's going to be for the last month of the season, I'm excited for, you know, the upcoming year. I'm not uh, ready to, uh, ready to like crown him Hall of Fame, but there's there's people out there like pump the brakes. It's a hot streak. It's not that big of a deal. But I, I think I I think it was uh, must have been Tom Silverstein. I heard talking about this, but the the other receivers who have had spurts of that kind of production in a short time, the the list is basically only Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers. There's no like. Jeff Janis is not on that list. You know, there aren't like the guys who like <laughs> had a flash and you're like, oh, what about this guy? And then they just peter out and you never hear from him again. It's all the Jerry Rices and Randy Mosses and like Odell Beckhams of the world. So, yeah, it'd be wild to go into a draft needing receivers and coming out with two Hall of Famers since Dobbs is already in. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. Crown them. That'd, that'd be insane. <laughs> gold jackets, two gold jackets. <laughs> They're weaving them now. Um, Alex, really quickly, I wanted to, you you wanted to double back on this. You mentioned that like you weren't going to remember this season, basically, this like just like mediocre non-season. I'm going to re- remember this season, and I want to get a gut check from both of you guys. I'm, I'm going to forever, I feel like, remember this season as the season where they were like more or less not that much worse than the Vikings. As far as I can tell, and the Vikings are going to end with like two or three losses, but the Vikings are like not that good. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I being a fanboy here? I I don't think you are. Yeah, I don't think they're particularly good. You know, uh, so no, uh, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> it's just frustrating. I asked uh, R.J. Ochoa um, from Vlogging uh, the Boys, and I asked uh, B.O.G from bleeding green nation about this, you know, before the Cowboys game and before the Eagles game, and then just using them to kind of poke the bear of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they're frauds. They're no good all, all the regression stuff that like, I've kind of like built my worldview around, right. Of like close game regressions, like looking at like offensive and defensive passing efficiency, stuff like that. The Vikings don't look 10 and two in any of those. No, they, they, they look like a telltale team that is like, going to go into next year they're going to play the two seed from the afc and they're going to play all the one seeds um left from the nfc in in you know individual divisions and they're going to go like six and eleven or something next year Um, and they're going to be like oh wow our quarterback's kirk cousins this has always sucked i mean speaking of kirk cousins one uh, one i something that that just occurred to me is that usually with kirk cousins he plays pretty solid to like stat patty lights out during the season and then melts down in big postseason moments so maybe there's like some spooky weird forces at work where this year he's basically played like crap if you watch end-to-end vikings games he has played poorly and he got outplayed by mike white yeah and they won 
and they're still winning. Yeah. So like, I don't know, maybe there's something to that. Maybe they're going to go all the way riding, riding <laughs> Kirk Cousins playing terrible football. Who knew? I don't know. They're going to see the Cowboys or Niners at some point, And those defenses are going to put the clamps on Kirk, I think. So that's just my thought on it. I'll be excited to watch that. All right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the break button so we can get uh, a unnamed commercial in here. And then we come back, we're going to talk, talk about the future. Well, Brian Gutekunst and a little, what does the future look like? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. And um, just as you mentioned earlier, Brian Gutekunst having uh, some scheduled press availability. Seems like only yesterday I was mad that he didn't uh, have a press conference after the trade deadline. <laughs> but um, was there anything that, you, I mean, you got an article up. Was there anything interesting that you thought he said? Or was there anything where like you're your BS radar was going on. Um, I thought the two, I guess three things that were important are what he said about the quarterback position, right? So we already talked about the fact that, you know, he came out and he said, I want Rogers back. We didn't make a one-year commitment with this guy. We want him back, all that stuff. Um, the other thing is they both kind of hinted already that I'm, I'm talking about him and LaFleur, that they're willing to pick up Jordan Love's um, fifth-year option, Yep, which – I thought it was going to be a big question mark um, this offseason. Obviously, it's not going to impact the 2023 um, cap, but it is going to impact 2024. So that kind of puts, you know, a deadline out there at the very least. They want Rodgers back this year. Do they want him back for 2024? That's kind of the next question in this ever-ending, just Rodgers watch until he decides to, to walk away from football, right? And then uh, he ended it. By basically saying, um, let me find the quote. Um, whatever comes with having great quarterbacks is worth it. 
is what he said. <laughs> He's like, you pay for all this drama, you you deal with it, you handle it. But like, if you have two good quarterbacks, like this is just what you do. I think uh, Lafleur called it a great problem to have. So it seems like they're pretty confident in Jordan Love moving forward, and they've probably gotten a better look at Love this year than they have any other season. Not just because they got you know the full offseason stuff, uh, the the preseason looks with Jordan Love, but Rodgers, because he's been missing all these practices with his thumb, you know, that Friday practice is really a walkthrough, right? So the real practices are like that Wednesday, that Thursday. Rodgers and Love have basically been splitting that the entire season because Rodgers hasn't been able to practice consistently because either the rib or the thumb or both, right? So I think a couple weeks ago, it was the first week Devondre Campbell was hurt. He went on uh, Clubhouse Live. He was at one of the bars. I think it's in Appleton, not even in Green Bay. And was talking about um, Jordan Love and him and uh, who was it? Dolan Levitt, the safety who plays special teams, were saying, you know, they're going against him every day. And they're like, he is better than some of the quarterbacks that are starting in this league right now. And they were pretty adamant about that. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty juiced up about Jordan Love. I know we asked uh, the, the readers on the site, I think it was two weeks ago. Who do you want to see moving forward, Rodgers or Love? I think 80% of them said Love. I think now that we know... Rodgers, you know, as long as he wants to come back, the team is leaving that open for next year. I think you still got to be excited about what love brings to the table. I mean, yeah, this is the first this is the first time I've really felt like, holy crap, we might be able to chain three Pro Bowl quarterbacks in a row. Right. <laughs> like the nightmare for all these all these other NFC North teams. I was this is the ask. first time it's felt real. Yeah. All right. First off, I, I want to go into this a little bit more like do you believe them right like it, it's one thing to say like yeah like we want rogers back like do how much of a choice do they really have and is there a world where you can you can chalk up the regression of rogers in this offense this year to him not being healthy for a large portion of it and also a large chunk of it coming before watson and um you know, I guess Dobbs was injured like before, like we, we got this blossoming of what now looks like a really promising receiving core. And I hate to I'm not trying to be negative. I don't want to be a skeptic, but like how many almost 40 year old players in all of sports showed clear regression and came back and it didn't get worse? Like it doesn't get better. You know, once it's gone, it's fucking gone. Or, oh, damn it. It's gone. Sorry. Um, yeah. You okay. can bleep that one. <coughs> And also beep that out now because I got so nervous I choked. But uh, no edits. Anyway, no edits. Anyway, I I agree with you. I mean, if your if your internal monologue is Rogers is going to be fine because of what he did at the end of the season, right? Where we're seeing three of their best offensive performances in the last four games, right? You then have to explain kind of what happened before then. So what happened before then? I think you look at like that Washington Jets stretch. And I think it's pretty clear in that situation, the thumb was bothering him. They couldn't go under center. They were reduced to RPOs. What happened before that, though, right? That's where you have to start deciding, like, was that because the offense around him wasn't doing good enough? You know, we talked about, you know, throughout the season, it would be, you know, that guy ran the wrong route, and that's why I didn't look at him. All this stuff, guys are running butt naked wide open, but they're running wrong routes or they're out of the progression or whatever it may be. Um so that 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 first like month or so, I think, has to be explained because I think the injury stuff makes sense for about like a two to three week stretch. But then after that, it becomes, you know, that this is what we expect. 
right? Even though he's playing through these injuries. Yeah. A bonus question. Um, is Rodgers a vengeful enough guy to where if he knew the Packers didn't want him back, he would come back for that reason? It's almost like you just want him to feel good as much as possible so he can feel like he's going out on a good note and it's like, you know, I don't know. It's all like, you know, no one wants to go out. No one's going to walk away on the terms of like, oh, we just clearly hate each other now and I'm going to go away, especially him, you know? Um. (laughs) One point that has been brought up on this podcast network a lot is he doesn't want to retire at the same time as Tom Brady. Yep. Because they're both going in the Hall of Fame together. Right. So stage. Well, who knows what that guy's going to do? I mean, has he officially said anything, Brady? Like I... There was a rumor last week he's going to San Francisco. This dude might outlive all of us. Yeah. And now he's like put his cards on the table. He's like, forget family. He's like, he was like the faith family football guy. And now he's just faith in football. So like, who the <laughs> hell was to say he's not going to come back for another season or two? You know, um, <laughs> he just struck out the family part. Faith football like, fajitas. The Packers missed the window to like move on from Rodgers. Brady missed the window to move on from football. And now he's just stuck in it. <laughs> he's like, got, doesn't have the Giselle to go back to or anything. He's stuck. I wanted to bring that up, Alex. You, you know, you talked about, I believe it was last week, like, did Goot screw up what what Ted Thompson kind of <clears throat> executed so uh so flawlessly and and gutsily. And I'm as a nerd who listens to like shows about the economy and stuff, you hear a lot about like the fed chair is like navigating inflation. And there's this idea of like the soft landing where we navigate all these strange, weird, bad economic forces and like come out relatively unscathed on the other side. It sounds like just saying now I'm getting all choked up. There's a, there's a world where that happens here again for like the third time in a row. Yeah. Well, man, I think there's a chance, but it, it certainly isn't right now, right? A- after yeah, they gave year. him that contract and the way the dead cap money ends up working, like if, if Rodgers retires, there's going to be, there's basically already been paid $40 million that will then hit the cap if he does retire, right? And you can do some things to work around that and kind of share it between this year or this upcoming season and the season after that. Like you can do something like if he wants to retire, he could come to the team and say, Hey, let's reduce my salary down to the minimum just so that you can carry me down um, all the way down to June 1st. And then you can, you know, we can do the press conference retirement thing on June 1st. This is what, you know, uh, Drew Brees did, for example, and like Tony Romo. Um, And we can do that then. So then that way it'll make it easier for you to, kind of split that cap hit into, you know, like 20 and 20 instead of taking all 40 off the top immediately. Um, one thing I will say, though, I mean, Rogers kind of sounded like he was willing to play ball in that. that I think, what was it, two weeks ago? Post-game press conference, they were asking him questions, you know, do you expect to keep playing the rest of the season? And he was like, well, I want to be on the field until we're mathematically eliminated. And then after that, like, um, you know, I'll do whatever they want me to do. LaFleur came out and said, like, we didn't even have that conversation yet. So if that's kind of where Rodgers is having, seems to be like he's willing to kind of be a team player and he's kind of accepted that. Even Goot on on Monday when he was talking about, you know, bringing Rodgers back, all that stuff, um, he was saying that they haven't really even had those conversations. He's like, when me and him talk, like we talk about this team and like the construction of this roster, that's like an off-season conversation for us. So 
it seems like things haven't been set in stone yet, but it's certainly kind of trending one direction as long as Rodgers wants to play ball. So can they keep, if Rodgers wants to keep playing at least a year and Love may or may not start a couple games at the end of this year, and let's say he continues to look pretty good, you're saying that there is a way that they can both allow Rodgers to come back and go out on his own terms and keep Jordan Love and build a team that is essentially being built for Love, like with money, you know, like they'll have the ability to, um, you know, make those type of investments. Because then I'm not so concerned. Like, I, you know, my, my main concern is that we might have drafted a guy who could end up being pretty good and we're just not going to get to see it out. And we're now just and it's because we, you know, wanted to see if there was another run in Rogers, you know, but if if they could do both and like, yeah, who wouldn't sign up for that? I agree with them. That's a great problem to have. Yeah, I think them coming out and saying that they want, you know, to pick up that fifth year option for love extends that window. Right. I mean, there's yeah, I, for me, there was a little anxiety of that when, you know, you start looking at the math and you're like, oh, crap, they're going to have to pay these cap hits at some point, all that stuff. And like, are, what are they going to do with Jordan Love? Well, if that question is answered and they're just cool with, you know, paying him however many, many million dollars that is in 2024 or trading it away. Right. That's another thing that they can do is they can trade him away on the fifth year option. Um, that at least eases the anxiety because, you know, that, that window gets kind of pushed forward and, you know, to, uh, to the other point, it's, you know, to Zach's point, it, it's that soft landing, right? Hey, maybe there is a way to transition this power a little bit easier between 2023 and 2024 than there is right now. So I think, I think that makes sense to me. I was going to say it also, I'm guessing could be helpful that some of your biggest offensive weapons are going to be on rookie contracts for a little while, because if you hit on Watson and Dobbs, all of a sudden you go from this dire situation where it's like, Oh, we have all this money invested in quarterbacks and we got, you know, just crap around them to like that. I mean, that narrative is pretty dead already. I mean, like I'm willing to say it's dead based on what we've seen from Watson already, because like, like Zach said, like you don't just come onto the scene score at with such relative ease and then just go away like that. No, nah, you're going to be at least feel like that at happens. least pretty good. But I think that's a great um, I'll wedge in here and and transition us to um, justice. You posted an article. What does the Packers roster look like in 2023? So I think we can we can make that pivot and, and start to think about that. Yeah. Um, looking at it, I didn't I didn't realize until I talked to Brad Spielberger, who works for Pro Football Focus, he does a bunch of contract stuff with them. He used to work in the Vikings front office for a little bit. Um, I didn't realize until I talked with him to preview the Chicago Bears game. He's a Bears fan, uh, which is even funnier that he worked with the Vikings, yeah, right? right. Um, Inside that, job. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That they have so many draft picks, or not, not necessarily draft picks, but so many players under contract. So when you look at it, um, I believe, yeah, it's 37 players under contract already. And we know how... Goot doesn't like cutting these draft picks and stuff like that. He's hanging on to them for dear life. Mario Rogers. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah. even guys like Jonathan Ford, who's not playing any snaps, right? Yeah. Um, guys like that who, you know, they're supposed to be here to get developmental reps so that in two or three years, they can be a guy who can play on a contract that is virtually free, right? And they don't have to spend that 
three, four, five million dollar contract on a guy like Jaron Reed, right? That that's kind of what their job is. Um, so between you know the guys under contract, that's thirty seven. Yash Nyman almost certainly is going to get hit with a second round tender. That brings us up to thirty eight, right? And then they have nine draft picks. That takes you to thirty seven or forty seven. So there's like six roster spots kind of like open for veteran additions this offseason. They can do a lot of games with um, the guys that they have under contract right now. I mean, they touched virtually every single contract other than Dean Lowry's in the offseason. They touched Dean Lowry's like two weeks ago, I think, to create, I think, uh, like a million and a half, which doesn't really make sense unless you're going to extend someone. So they're probably going to either get the Rashawn Gary deal or their own Jenkins deal done in season. I would assume that's why they're moving money around right now. Um, but going into next year, right? Bach, Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, all those guys, Jair Alexander, like that's, those are opportunities to push money forward again. Right. Yep. And to create immediate cash space. And if they want to take a couple big swings, you know, we try, we, we saw them try to add a guy like a Darren Waller, right? They only have one tight end order contract right now for next year is Josiah DeGuara. Um, <laughs> Tyler Davis is going to be an exclusive rights free agent which means that if they bring him back on or a restricted free agent, which means if they bring him back, he's going to come back on a $2.5 million tender. I don't think that they're going to do that. Mercedes Lewis, who knows, right? I mean, maybe, maybe not Robert Tunyon. um, He's a guy. I think he probably would have left last year if he wasn't hurt. Right. So who knows if he comes back? I, I think there's opportunity there where it's like, you need a safety, you need a tight end, maybe two safeties and you probably need a defensive lineman. Right. Can you do that in free agency? And if you can accomplish that and continue to add young talent, like, I don't know. This team has some potential. Yeah. Uh, With a new defensive coordinator, definitely does. (laughs) I think that's almost certain. Who that DC is, I have no idea. There's not that many. I I was looking through. I'll give this to you guys. I was looking through um, a list of defensive coordinator candidates, right? Because before every offseason, like around – January, they come out with those lists, right? So I'm trying to look at these guys and I'm like, all right, how many of these guys don't have DC jobs yet that were talked about as, you know, guys that would have DC jobs? Um, I was looking at this CVS Sports article by uh, Jonathan Jones, who's a very good reporter. Um, the guys who don't have gigs right now, James Betcher, the, the Bengals linebacker coach, he was the guy who was, uh, he was the DC for Bruce Arians in Arizona. So that's one guy. Jared Mayo, the Patriots inside linebacker coach, obviously pleasant who got fired from Detroit and is now an offensive analyst for the Packers kind of, you know, doing some reverse engineering for their defense in this back half of the season. Jay Rogers, who's the Chargers defensive line coach, Eric Washington, the the Bills defensive line coach, and then Joe Witt Jr., the uh, former Packers (laughs) DBs coach, who's now, I think he's an assistant head coach. For the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know if he would come back, but yeah, did he leave on bad terms? There was like something I can't remember. I can't remember if he made the transition to Petten or if he just took the year off or what happened. But so those are some names. Um, you know, another one that was in there was Jerry Gray, who you know is the DB coach right now. So they got two of the guys in the building out of a list of seven. There's also not that many guys who in the past year have gone from having a DC job to not having a DC job. What you've seen a lot in the NFL right now is a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Like rehires, I guess. Like you get fired as a DC here, new head coaches here. 
you get hired there. Like it's it's Sean Desai who used to be the DC for the Chicago Bears. Um, Joe Colon, Keith Butler, who retired. Ken Norton used to be the DC for the Seattle Seahawks. He's up there in age. Um, I, I don't think they could pull him out of retirement. Andre Patterson, who used to be the DC under uh, co-DC under uh, Zimmer. And then uh, Zimmer's son, Adam Zimmer, who's passed away. I mean, that's the entire list of all the guys who've been fired from DC jobs in like the past year. So I don't know where they're going because there, there's not a linear pipeline to see like, these are the guys who end up getting the defensive coordinator jobs at the NFL level that you kind of see on the offensive side, right? I mean, it's just so easy to say, oh, the guy next to the quarterback who's playing good is the quarterback's coach. He's going to move up to an offensive coordinator job somewhere. The offensive coordinator is going to move to a head coach. That just doesn't happen on the defensive side. Yep. Um, Rapid fire, yes or no. Feet to the fire. Are these players starting for the Packers next year? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> going down your uh, your article here, David Bakhtiari. I think so. Aaron Jones. Yes. Robert Tanyan. No. That's as far as I got while you were talking. Okay. <laughs> Not that I wasn't that's... listening, but I, I do want to talk about David Bakhtiari for a second because that's a big, um, that's a big contract on the books, and you. Yep. You know, you've been talking about moving money into the future and moving money around. I mean, he's going to be 31 next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that it's, look like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Goot even, they, he wouldn't even give out a straight answer. Yeah. Cause he's like, yeah, I mean, you'd like him to play kind of right. <laughs> but then like at the same time, play. he's like, he's playing really good left tackle ball right now. Yes. And those guys don't fall out of trees. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I would assume that probably has to do more with like medicals and maybe where he's at at the end of the season or, yeah. you know, maybe whenever they do, uh, what do you call it? Um, physicals, right? Like Billy Turner, right? Got cut right when the season opened because he failed a physical. I, I don't know if um, he gets cut if that's not the situation. So I could see it dragging that late, like into, you know, February, Marchish area with Bakhtiari. But if he's still on the team by then, I don't, I assume he's going to be back with the Packers unless for some reason Rodgers is like, I want to trade and you're going to send my buddy with me. That's, that's the only way I could see him kind of moving off of it. What did you uh, think of Zach Tom playing left tackle? He's been doing a really good job. I still worry about just play strength in general, but he's such a young guy and he hasn't even had a full year in an NFL weight room. Like Wake Forest has like 500 kids. Like, I don't know what their gym looks like. I don't know what their meal program looks like. Right. Like they're kind of pinching pennies there. They, they, they're, 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 they're the team that like, they've got the Jimmy Jones meal program. Yeah. They're, they're the team that like from a school standpoint is least like any other FBS team in the country. Like they should be probably like a D2 school just in terms of like enrollment size and stuff. So let's see what we get with a, you know, a year of, of, you know, meal plans and weight plans and all that stuff for that guy. Um, but he's got great feet and you love to see it. I think um, I can't remember who tweeted it. Someone in Packers Twitter tweeted out uh, the uh, pass blocking efficiency numbers from pro football focus for a uh, rookie offensive lineman. He's number one. And that's not surprising. I mean, that's who he was at Wake Forest. He shut down a first round pick like it was nothing. So um, kind of what he does. It's just, he needs a little bit more sand in his pants. <laughs> Can I add a uh, name to the will he start or not um, questionnaire? Oh, yeah. Devontae Wyatt. 
Oh, buddy. Yeah. So I, I, I ran through Devontae Wyatt tape. I actually actually asked my buddies at PFF to send me a playlist so I could find his snaps on defensive film. So it could save me a little bit of time. Um, save you like eight them. hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I watched them today or I watched them this week. Um, I think yesterday, Monday. Um, show some flash. Um, definitely has really good feet, but the play strength isn't necessarily there. But I mean, you look at the guys that they have under contract on the defensive line. Um, this, I, I, when I tweeted out the article of, you know, what does next year's team look like? Um, I said, you know, the biggest worries for me, tight end, defensive line, safety. Those are the positions. And, you know, everyone wants a wide receiver and all that stuff. And I understand it's flashy and you want that third guy. But do you want a third wide receiver or do you want a second defensive lineman? Because right now they have four guys under contract. It's Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, who we don't know if he can play or not. TJ Slayton, who is Kenny Clark's backup. I mean, they kind of want to play both of those guys almost exclusively at nose tackle. And then Jonathan Ford, who can't stress for games right now because he's the third nose tackle. They don't have a second defensive end. They, they don't have the bodies to replace both Lowry and Jaron Reed on this team. Like they, They're going to have to address this position again, maybe high in the draft. They might spend a top 10 pick on another defensive lineman. Yeah, and Packers fans, you got to be okay with it. <laughs> they need it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a somewhat forgettable year, actually, I will say one of the more memorable things will be the feeling of just pure helplessness against the Eagles. So if you have an issue with them drafting defensive linemen, think of that game and how it was a literal impossibility that the Packers could ever win that game because it would mean they would need to stop the run. Like, I'm going to do a, uh, a cut up of lowlights from that game with like REM's Everybody Hurts playing in the background. And so anytime anyone complains about <laughs> drafting defensive talent early, I'm like, just watch this, guys. Uh, and I don't know how Justice would be able to speak to this better, like uh, the trickle-down effect of interior defensive line play and how that contributes to stopping quarterbacks running. But also, you know, on, on Sunday, in a game they won, in a game that they kind of won comfortably, even though it was a comeback, uh, I think I sent a text after the Bears' second series in the first quarter to Zach, and I said, well, at least Justin Fields is not going to run for 100 yards in the first quarter. <laughs> and the very next time he touched the ball, he took off for like 50-something yards. And I was like, "We," and there was three minutes left in the first, and I'm like, we're three and out away from me eating my words immediately <laughs> on that. Like, I don't know, man. Like, why Why are we so bad at that? Is it? Is it how barren our interior defensive line is like because i mean a lot of that's edge guys too right but like yeah uh. so some of it's weird so like the long justin fields run they sent a slot blitz with uh Keyshawn nixon so nixon is supposed to be the guy who makes that play he misses one shot and then you know safeties don't make up for it stuff like that inside linebackers are playing inside run instead of uh you know quarterback on the edge but i think in general the biggest issue for this Packers defense is they're just weak up the spine of the defense on every level. They are yeah, bad yeah. up the middle at safety. They are bad at tackling at inside linebacker. They are bad at tackling right now on the defensive line. It's Kenny Clark and just two random dudes playing next to him. I actually think, you know, why and Slayton probably have the biggest splash plays out of the remaining, you know, non Kenny Clark interior guys, but they're just not playing them. So if you're not going to play him, like, does it, does, does it even matter? Like, you got to add two more guys next year then. So, 
I don't, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, Brian Bercy, the defensive lineman out of Clemson, he was like number one recruit coming out of high school, all American, all that stuff for, uh, for the Tigers. He's probably going to be the favorite um, for Packers fans, for interior guys. Everyone's going to want to draft Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver out of TCU, but it's a good line class. They got Tyree Wilson, uh, edge rusher out of Texas Tech, Miles Murphy, another edge rusher out of Clemson, Peter Skaronsky, um, the left tackle for Northwestern. He might have to play guard. His, I believe his grandfather is what it is, uh, was the left tackle for the Lombardi Packers. Like all these guys are kind of in the mix. And then you have Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame, who is probably the closest thing we've seen to like a Kyle Pitts level tight end. I think he's more of a Y than Kyle Pitts is. Like he could kind of put his hand in the dirt and stuff like that better than he did. But he's a game breaker. I mean, he was getting, he was leading Notre Dame's team in receiving yards when they had three other NFL tight ends on that team to put it in perspective. And he was a freshman. So I know a lot of people are going to say tight end. That's way too high. You know, 12th, 13th, whatever we're at overall pick. But I mean, if they were trying to trade a second for, you know, a guy like Darren Waller, like the most polished tight end prospect to come out of the draft in a long time added to this team, like go a long way to be the difference maker between him and Josiah DeGuara. So. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of looking ahead. There's a lot to look ahead to a little earlier than uh, I think most Packer fans would have liked uh, this season. But I feel like a bye week is a good um, a good place to uh, to start that, especially one that is so inhumanely late. And Justice, I want to thank you for uh, um, we call you the the corporate overlord, but you're kind of like the casual Friday corporate overlord. Well, flannel, ball cap, but really <laughs> you are Bahama. the disseminator. Yeah. You're just like, I'm like, oh, Justice wrote three articles this week. Let's put a quarter in him and get all <laughs> the information I need football wise for like two weeks. Um, if we can end on, uh, again, Alex is going to make fun of me for saying a positive note. Um, what is for like success to you for the rest of the season look like for you? Like, what do you want to see that would, that would fulfill something for you because I, 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 I see you talking about that 2%, 3% playoff change. <laughs> That's not <laughs> happening. Let's pretend we're not talking about that at all. What are um, we seeing? I have given up on the defense. So the defense can't hurt me anymore. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I have to say that up front. I, I think it's just the offense scoring points. Yeah. As, the, as long as they offense. can keep scoring points you could feel good about the whole idea, idea, the narrative of like a defensive coordinator can come in here and save us. And maybe we could sign, you know, three to four free agents and that'll help. Plus, you know, the draft class. Right. And we're not really going to lose that many guys unless you think there's a big drop off on like Elton Jenkins or something like that. There's not a ton of big money free agents. I don't think anyone's batting an eye anymore. If Alan Lazard leaves or uh, Adrian Amos or anything like that. Yeah. So, just keep that scoring offensive momentum moving forward through the end of the year. And I think we're in a good spot. I will add another uh, positive, Zach. I think you mentioned it. <laughs> Thank you. And I didn't mean to make you feel like I was making fun of you. I, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but it's okay. Um, we're all friends here. I would also like to see Dylan continue to like restore the faith in us that he is yeah. good and should be here. And is a perfect compliment to Jones because I 
seriously started to question that for a little while. I was um, making the Plodzilla jokes and I feel bad for it now because Quadzilla looks back. But yeah, I, I want to keep seeing it. It's so weird because it's like a random number generator. It, it's not even like a play-by-play variation. It's like some games he hasn't, some he doesn't. It's weird. I just want to see him keep that moving forward too. Yeah. Yep. That would make me feel good. Penny. Yeah. And more Watson, obviously, because it's fun and there's not been a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd like to see uh, Romeo get back in the mix and, and have some yeah. have some production. But as we've hit on uh, in the past few weeks, what I really want is just to be entertained on Sunday because we've got we've got enough people in the blogosphere who are so focused on the draft and, and playing GM and, and kind of like maddening out in their in their heads about all this stuff and what's good and what's bad and what's smart and what's strategic for the future. And I'm just like, I'm just resigned to being the guy who on Sunday want to, I just want to watch some touchdowns, man. Is that so wrong? <laughs> Is that so wrong? That's all we got. No, no. I think uh, with that, we're going to hit the poker. And justice. Once again, thank you on short notice for stopping by filling in oh, for Nick. Who's got a fancy client meeting. Alex, do we think he's with the client right now? <laughs> You're I guess. It Who's was like this a client? TBD client meeting that as of 5 p.m. was still un- unsure. I don't know the nature of this meeting. Will henceforth be known as the client. We'll grill he's, him next week. He's a big a biz dever. He's, he's definitely <laughs> biz dever. Gotta dev that biz, man. Gotta dev that biz. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll hopefully get uh, Nick back next week. And um, as well, I think we are scheduled to be joined by the other corporate overlord, the OG corporate overlord, Tex Western, to uh, talk more ball our- and talk some brown liquor. I was going to say, is that our whiskey pond? Yeah. Sweet. I think we're going to I think we're going to talk some brown liquor. We're going to get edumacated. This is this is now my official pod bottle. So I'm going to hold myself accountable. I have because I never get through bottles of any brown liquor. I will have at least one per pod, although we don't have that many pods left in the season. So that bottle will probably make it to week one next year, (laughs) even though I love it so much. All right, guys. Um, Yeah, that's it. I got nothing else to say. No more words. Go Packers. Now I'm done. The Vikings aren't that good. Bye, guys.